Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that the Kingdom of God is the heart and center of everything Jesus taught as the Gospel. And yet in contemporary preaching, there's a strange eclipse of Jesus' central phrase, his central concern, the kingdom of God. We seem to hear very little by way of clear definition of the meaning of the phrase kingdom of God. Now, this is a serious matter because Jesus makes reception of the kingdom of God gospel the very basis of salvation itself. In order to demonstrate this from the pages of Scripture, one has only to turn to the beginning of the ministry of Jesus as introduced by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Let's begin with Mark, for example, in the first chapter. In verses 14 and 15, we have a summary statement of the Christian faith as given by Jesus himself. Now, in order to learn the mind of Christ, it makes perfect sense that we should sit at his feet at the very point where he introduces the substance of the faith. So here we are in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, ready to hear the initial announcement by which Jesus summons us to faith in God. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, we read this, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming or heralding God's gospel. And he said, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in that gospel. The gospel, that's to say, about the kingdom of God. God's gospel God's gospel about the kingdom. That's where Jesus begins his ministry. That's how he lays the foundation for the faith. He begins by stating that God has given him a message, and the message has a definite content, a definite label to it. It's the message concerning God's kingdom, the kingdom of God. Jesus comes into Galilee with a concept, an idea to be grasped by his audience. And it's an idea which is astonishingly absent from contemporary preaching. In contemporary preaching, when people are invited to salvation, it's highly unlikely that you'll hear any quotation of Jesus' words. And yet when Jesus invited people to salvation, he always and invariably spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, the first question that arises is obviously about the content of this gospel of the kingdom. What indeed did Jesus mean? when he invites us to believe in the gospel about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's a remarkable fact, but if you ask some of your fellow Christians about the kingdom of God, you may get a variety of confusing answers. There seems to be no clear definition of the kingdom, but how then can there be a clear definition of the gospel, since according to Jesus the gospel is about the kingdom of God? It's not at this stage about his death and resurrection, those are well-understood concepts today. But Jesus did not mention his death and resurrection for a great part of his ministry. On the other hand, he did talk about the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom, then, is the major element, the fundamental element in his whole plan of salvation. It's essential, then, for us to be intelligent Christians that we grasp the meaning of the kingdom of God as Jesus announced it. Now, it's important to say at the outset, that when Jesus came into Galilee, he was not preaching a sermon from a pulpit, he was making a public announcement. The word in the Greek language there to describe his activity 
is the Greek word kirisin, as our modern Greek friends would pronounce it. Now, kirisin means to herald, to act as a town crier, to make a public announcement. Now, it's obvious that a public announcement is meant to be understood. Jesus did not come into Galilee to confuse his audience using words and terminology that nobody could possibly understand. Much less did he use words that they knew about and give them a totally different meaning. That would be to confuse everything from the start. And Jesus was acting here as a herald. His intention was to convey a clear message to his compatriot Jews who had gathered to hear him speak. So what then did he mean by the kingdom of God? Well, he called it God's gospel, God's good news. Now, the word good news itself comes out of the Hebrew Bible, out of the Old Testament, which he, Jesus, and his friends had in common. And the term kingdom of God also arises from the Hebrew Bible. Actually, the phrase kingdom of God, exactly in that form, does not appear very often in our Old Testament. But the idea of the kingdom of God is found on page after page. Indeed, the idea of the kingdom coming is perhaps the central underlying idea of the whole of that 77% of our Bible we call the Old Testament. The idea about the kingdom of God was simply this, that one day God was going to intervene at the time called the Day of the Lord, and this would be a day of judgment for the whole world, at which time God would send his son, the Messiah, to establish a worldwide government with its headquarters in Jerusalem. Undoubtedly, this is the idea lying behind the phrase, Kingdom of God, as Jesus and any first-century Palestinian Jew would have understood it. It's important then to notice that Jesus' announcement about the kingdom, his gospel, is a political term. Now, that doesn't mean to say that it does not also have strong spiritual overtones. But in the Hebrew way of thinking, the biblical way of thinking, things that are political and related to this earth are not necessarily unspiritual. In fact, political things and spiritual things go together. There's no separation of church and state. If Jesus announces the kingdom of God, that doesn't mean to say that the concept has to be otherworldly. It doesn't just affect some ethereal realm far removed from the planet. No, the kingdom of God was to affect the world. God had not finished with this earth. He was determined to produce peace on the earth, and he was going to do it by establishing the kingdom of God in Jerusalem. There really can be no question that that is the meaning of the kingdom of God as Jesus used it. It's important to say that the kingdom of God was positively not just a thought in your heart, a good feeling, or even a society built now, this side of the second coming. The kingdom of God always had to do with an apocalyptic, drastic intervention, a cataclysmic intervention on the part of God. The kingdom of God, or the day of judgment, was not expected to come peacefully. It would not evolve gradually. It would come only on the occasion of a decisive and once and for all intervention on the part of God, sending his agent, the Son of God, or Messiah. That's the picture of the kingdom of God which we get from the Old Testament on page after page of the prophets. And certainly that's what Jesus meant by the kingdom of God. Now, you may be surprised that you haven't heard the gospel expressed in those terms. I must point out to you that the gospel in contemporary preaching often bypasses the very gospel that Jesus preached himself. We're constantly told to go to the writings of Paul, to Romans, to discover the gospel. 
Now, certainly the gospel is in the book of Romans also, but it would be a fatal mistake to avoid first reading what Jesus has to say about the gospel. Jesus is the founder of the Christian faith, not Paul. Now, Paul is a faithful agent of Jesus, but Paul was also a learned rabbi, and as Peter warned, some of Paul's writings are difficult for us to understand. And so the only sound method in discovering what the kingdom of God is and what the gospel is, is to begin with Jesus' words himself. So here we have it in Mark chapter 1. Jesus is a herald, making a public announcement. He's talking about the day coming when God is going to intervene to introduce a brand new era of prosperity and peace worldwide by sending the Messiah back in power and glory. Now, if that's the Christian gospel, why is it that we've not heard more about it? It's an amazing fact, but gospel preaching today seldom, if ever, makes any reference to the kingdom of God. And yet if we trace the kingdom idea through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we'll find that it's everywhere prominent. Hardly a saying of Jesus goes by without a reference to the kingdom of God. And so an intelligent Christian faith demands that we get to the bottom of this key phrase, kingdom. And once we do, we'll find that the story which Jesus introduces with his kingdom message is highly coherent and beautifully unifies the Hebrew Bible with the New Testament. There's one gospel throughout the scriptures, and it's the gospel about the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ, who is the king of that kingdom. Well, we've had a look at Mark's account of the introduction of Jesus' ministry with his preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. Let's see now how Matthew deals with exactly the same subject. And to do this, we have to start with John the Baptist, who is the forerunner of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 1, we read this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching or heralding, as the word actually means in the Greek language, heralding in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near. And John's clothes were made of camel's hair, we read. He had a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins, and they were getting baptized by him in the Jordan River. Once again we see here that John is acting as a herald, a public announcer. He's not preaching from a pulpit in a synagogue, He's making a public announcement to all of the crowds who came to hear him speak. Now, according to Matthew's account, it was the kingdom of heaven that John was announcing. In Mark's account, it was the kingdom of God. I want to tell you a key to good Bible study. There's absolutely no difference in meaning between the term kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. They're simply alternative ways of describing exactly the same kingdom which, according to the prophets of the Bible is one day going to be established in Jerusalem and its beneficial effects in terms of government are going to spread across the whole world. We haven't seen that yet. That's why we're praying, Thy kingdom come. Jesus urges us to pray for that day when God will intervene to change things here on this earth permanently and to introduce a far better world than we now have. So John the Baptist comes in announcing that very same kingdom of heaven. People responded by confessing their sins and being baptized. Now, in verse 7 of Matthew 3, we read this. Now, when John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, that's to say the leaders of established religion at the time of Jesus, 
When John saw them coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not imagine that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these very stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now there we have a very simple commentary on what John meant by the coming of the kingdom of heaven. It was obviously going to be a day of judgment. It was a day which was parallel to the coming wrath. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, John said, in the same breath as he had just announced the coming of the kingdom of heaven. He then announced the fact that one day God was going to axe those trees which bore no fruit. They were going to be cut down, as we read in verse 10 of Matthew 3, and thrown into the fire. It's clear then that the kingdom of God announcement, the gospel of the kingdom, was both a threat and a promise. Also essential to point out that the kingdom of heaven does not mean a kingdom in heaven. It means the kingdom of God to be established upon the earth. The kingdom of heaven, in Jewish thinking, meant the kingdom which was to come from heaven. It was a divine kingdom, but it would operate on this planet, renewed and renovated by the presence of the Messiah at his future coming. Our time is running out for today. We invite you to request our free book on the kingdom of God, and join us again as we continue our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the kingdom of God.